Hey, all right. So, uh, Houston is looking uh, is looking pretty serious with uh, Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green and my dark horse uh, favorite player, Christian Wood. Um, what are your thoughts, Timmy? What do you What are you seeing from this young core? I I mean, you've you've been on Christian Wood since the beginning. Um, you wanted the Cavs get him, but I yeah, think I did. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely agree. This Houston squad is being set up, being built by who are they being built built by? I'm blanking. I'm blanking by his name. I I I think the last GM I remember them having was like Daryl Morey, I think, and I don't even think he's there anymore. So. Oh, oh oh um, it's um Stephen Silas. It was uh Steven Paul Silas. Silas's okay. son. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, that's cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So he's putting together a monster young squad. Uh, he's being built. I think. Houston's being built as Nets dynasty, honestly. Them and OKC. I Nets mean, they certainly, they certainly could be the next version of uh, not like a Splash Brothers thing, but the way that the Gold, the Golden State started a dynasty with just two young guards just tearing everything up and no one being able to do anything about it. I think they might be the next version of that. Um, and I know, I know you've been high on Kevin Porter Jr. since day one, and I was. I was there with you. I just, but not, not like you. I mean, he's definitely your, uh, he's definitely your call. You, you called it with him. And, uh, guys, Cavs fans, God, it's, I don't think I have to tell you how painful it is watching him out there. And, oh, uh, oh, no, not at all. That is, that is, I mean, Kevin, watching Kevin Porter Jr. blossom on a different team is basically the epitome of what it means to be a Cleveland fan. Yeah, honestly, with all Cleveland sports, is you know, as soon as we as soon as we trade a guy, they blow up somewhere else. It seems like every time uh, it it just embodies all just the collection of pain that Cleveland fans suffer. And over a fucking ball of soup of all things, a ball of soup sent our best young prospect to Houston for a second round pick. You gotta love it. I mean. Yeah, for second round, for basically, I'm basically for free. Yeah, yeah. It was it was top fifty five. Yeah. like he was just trying to get him out of that's, here. That's I mean, wasn't that's even... gonna give us the net next uh the next Matt Mooney, you know. Uh, for the for those who aren't follow don't follow the Cavs closely, uh, Matt Mooney is a journeyman guard that is gonna be playing two way contracts for the rest of time, and uh, that's about all we're getting out of a pick that we just gave up a future uh just dominant guard. Four. <laughs> so I, oh and and he looks uh you were telling me the other day he looks like he's about six seven or six eight now and he's knocking down threes like it like it's nothing which was the only thing he couldn't do before well he he looked like he was six five six six already with his you know with his, with his big his air hair yeah. last yeah hair last year but he legitimately drew an inch and a half two inches and he looks like he's six seven like a solid six seven yeah, out there that's... like not a, not not an nba six seven like a a true yeah, that's um and yeah he's seen threes like he went five for nine i think it's hard to watch uh, in a preseason game the other the other day with Jalen green also putting up buckets and having like 22 points himself yeah yeah like that just set up to be a, a dominant pairing like i was thinking before you know we started here who to compare them at like compare them with and i don't think they no have no definitely not i mean they're they're gonna be a brand new they're gonna be a brand new thing brand new phenomenon in the nba and uh, if things go like they should, I mean, this is going to be a one-two combo that we're going to be talking about 20, 30 years from now. And that's, I mean, 
that's asking a lot. You gotta, yeah, it's asking for a lot of things to go right. You know, uh, you gotta have, you gotta. The main thing is you gotta have both guys keep their heads on straight, not get in any any trouble. Uh, and and the main thing is like each other. You know. So if I can comment on that, um, them staying out of trouble. That's what um John Lucas the third is there for. If you if you remember. That's who um, LeBron James dunked over yeah, Miami, um, when yeah. it, he was with Miami. That's the guy, and he's been known to bring in these these troublemakers and just flatten them out and make them good quality, good character guys that don't cause problems off. And the board. to be fair to Jalen Green, I haven't heard anything. I don't. I haven't been. Fo- I don't follow him super closely, and admittedly, but I haven't heard anything about him having any off court troubles. I mean, he seems off the court. He seems more focused about uh, about his look. You know, trying to trying to have the coolest hairdo and the 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 most suave look entering the stadium seems to be about his only thing he cares about off court. So that shouldn't really be a problem. But. Uh, those two having chemistry and liking each other is the main thing, but boy, Jalen Green looks really nasty out of the gates here. I mean, if we kind of dissect, you know, individually, play by play, you know, TP and then, you know, Jalen Green by themselves, Jalen Green is a freakish athlete who we haven't seen. Not only does he have like a 40 plus inch vertical, he also can fill up, you know, the, st- the stat sheet. And just put yep. put up buckets yep. and like out of the gate and something we haven't seen and he's kind of basically paving the way for other you know future players future prospects is he came out of the the G League instead of playing college ball so like he's the most NBA ready right. out of you know that number one number two spot even even to Tate Cunningham because we've seen what he can do with his grown men for an entire season yeah and that's a nice uh, that's a nice. It's a really nice indicator of, of a player's readiness. I mean, you've got uh, – the way I see it, there's two ways to be sure a guy's ready to play against grown men in the NBA. Um, one of them being if he's old as dirt, like uh, my guy in Indiana. What's his name, that, that two-guard they just got that's 24 years old? Oh, uh, Chris Duarte. Yes, Duarte, yes, yeah. yes. He's a, he's a bucket. Oh, I love that guy. He, I mean, he's he's just a solid sharpshooter, uh, and he looks like he's been in the league for years because like you know 24. he's he's twenty four. Yeah, so if it's it's either that or if a guy can go straight to the G League and prove that he's ready to go against grown grown men, you got to take that guy. I mean, I doubted Luka Doncic coming out of. Uh, admittedly, I didn't watch much of him, but I had doubted him coming out of the Euro Leagues because I was like, well. You know he's he doesn't have the athletic uh, capabilities that a lot of NBA guys do. Like I don't know, you know he's not that fast. I didn't know he could shoot like he could. I didn't know he had any of the tools he has. Oh, Duarte. And I also no 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 Luca Luca. Okay, yeah. And I didn't I didn't factor in that he's he was playing over there against grown men since he was what was it wasn't it like thirteen years old he started. Yeah, he moved out on his own at like thirteen years old, and then yeah, and then he he was in the like Barcelona I think system yeah like so all of the years yeah so all of the nba gms and presidents of basketball operations that are totally going to hear this podcast uh if you if you see a guy balling against grown men since the time he was 13 and winning mvp at 16 that's that's the number one pick of the draft right there i mean that's <laughs> that's why well, i think i think we saw the last little bit of stigma from your from your ball 
leave after after Luca. Oh yeah. Out. Oh but yeah. How great he is. Yeah, I mean, after Luca, uh, teams are just looking to the Euro Leagues for the next whatever they can find. You know, because I mean, it, Denny Avdia is a good look coming out of Europe. There's just a lot of guys coming out of there that have been playing against grown men. Whereas you got you have guys like ours, like uh, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. They're still babies, you know. They're Garland's like what twenty, and Sexton's like twenty one, twenty two. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's twenty one and twenty two. Yeah, and they um, are you sure Garland's even twenty one? Yeah, yeah, he probably is. But I mean, you know, he's going this into his third year. Third year, yeah, yeah. And Sexton's going into his fourth, and they. Uh, you know, it's taken them a little while to hit the ground. Uh, hit the they, they definitely didn't hit the ground running. It's taken them a while to hit their stride because they just, I mean, they should be going into their third and fourth year of college right now. You know, they're not, and, and they and they would have been playing against, uh, you know, teenagers. So it, it just goes to show, you know, you might get a guy that's a little older or doesn't have the tools or the, the, um, the normal measurables measurables you'd go by, but if you can see if you see a guy that's just balling out against uh, grown men, you gotta you gotta take him. That's yeah. And, and another thing about um you know those older players is yeah they might be older and they might have less of a, a ceiling you know to reach, but they're also way more polished. And we see that with Chris Duarte. And yeah, he's like mm-hmm. twenty four. He's actually like, I think he's a month or two older than Butcher, but yeah. like the guy's an absolute. But he's a, he's a mix between like Butcher. And like Bradley Beal, that's that's my comparison. Um, to go with. Does he have the off dribble stuff that Beal yeah, has? Because I was like, I was seeing some Clay Thompson in like him he, a little bit. He can put the ball on the floor for sure. Um, not nearly yeah. to the extent that Bradley Beal does, because he's absolutely just an, a, a, you know, just an absolute bucket. I um, you know, yeah. with the ball in his hands or out, out of his hands. Um, but Dorte, like, if you think about uh, a rebuilding team acquiring him is your championship window like further than four or five years because that's when he'd be entering his prime essentially or like three four years down the road you know well and that brings up the the argument of with drafting rather than drafting uh need you draft the best talent available at the Always. time and so let's say duarte is balling out in indiana but they're like okay this guy's 24 and we're five or six years away from from being something which i don't think they are but just as an example you i mean you can always trade that guy to it for a, for a team that's contending uh for you know they'll they'll pay uh hand over fist or whatever the term is <laughs> they'll they'll pay out of pocket for that uh, uh for a guy that's playing like that when they when they really need him you know when, when i bet golden state when clay thompson went down would have sure would have liked to trade for duarte and and given up two first rounders or whatever it may have been so oh yeah i mean he's a clone you know he's not not nearly the shooter he is or you know obviously not proven like the clay has but i mean sure sure but i mean he would have given he would have taken a lot of pressure off of steph uh absolutely and it, he would have put him you know back in playoff contention yep, i think absolutely. after he kind of you know, got past his rookie wall. Yeah, so teams really need to draft talent over over need if it if it you know if it comes to that because yeah, d- guys like Duarte that are gonna come in and ball out are gonna have instant trade value if you don't think you can keep them for a while. So, any more? Did you have any more uh, any more thoughts about Houston before we switch to something else? Or uh... I think I think Steven Salas is just building a a juggernaut over there. You know, them and OKC. 
Um, and I think we'll see that yeah. over the next, you know, three, four, five years. Just start to dominate the league. Yeah, that's a good thing to bet. That's a good. That'd be a fun thing to bet on. Who, which which team is gonna uh, be back in the playoffs first? Houston or OKC? I think Houston will be for sure. I I don't know. But I think OKC might have the uh the you know the edge. I'm honestly leaning towards OKC, be only because they have more uh more talent overall, and their main guy Shea is a lot farther along in his career than KPJ and. Jalen Green, I mean, he, I think he's more ready to lead a team uh, to the playoffs than they are at this point. So, who knows? Uh, I obviously OKC is a few more pieces away, as is Houston. But I think uh, overall roster roster talent, uh, just just based on age alone, really, and NBA experience, I think OKC is a little closer. But uh, Houston is going to progress faster than OKC. So yeah, that's going to be an interesting thing to watch there. Well, so let's let's transition on here to uh to the Kyrie Irving situation. Obviously, we don't need to spend a lot of time on it. I mean, there's a million videos and articles circulating, but just to give our takes to the to the audience that doesn't know us that well yet, what what I mean, what's your opinion on the on the Kyrie situation? Just just as far as how the Nets are handling it, how Kyrie's handling it, um, just just whatever you you know, just your opinion on the situation. Well, I I think. The Nets organization is kind of handling it pretty poorly, I agree. Um, I agree. and I think they're really trying to use their power to push him. Um, to, you know, weigh his decision, um, and basically force his hand. Now, if he if he wasn't Kyrie Irving, if he was a smaller player, he he definitely get um you know bullied into it. But I think Kyrie being who he is and making the career that he has, I think he has a little bit more mm-hmm. weight. Where you can fight back a little bit. Well, and not only that, but the yeah, well, and not only that, but the Nets have to realize who they're dealing with. Kyrie is pretty fragile mentally in the first place. I mean, the dude takes games off to like meditate and shit. So and yeah, put stage around the court before you know. Yeah, games yeah, and like former teams that he played on. And you know, I I say to each his own. You know, if that's what he's got to do, he's that's what he's got to do. But that's not that is not the guy that you want to be pushing this hard now. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying to coddle him either. Um, Kyrie's kind of got the Nets nuts in a vice because uh, he, uh, he said, I, I believe I saw something recently about uh, he might retire if they trade him. He, he commented on that. He, he, he said, you know, it was, he, I think he put on his Instagram where he, he went live saying that, you know, at least let him have a press conference, let him speak his own word because, he never said that. He said he he's not going to retire just because COVID or because you know the lead kind of bullied him into getting a vaccine. Uh, so he shut that down. Well, did, but did he say anything about did he say anything about the um the, the possible trade thing though? Because I mean that's that's my next. I don't think he did, but but that was ridiculous. That um I saw that the Nets don't plan on giving him an extension because of basically how all of that went down. I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't either. I. I mean, I personally wouldn't want Kyrie anywhere near my team because the guy is just such a such a head case to deal with. And I'm not. You know, that's how he wants to live is how he wants to live. But if you're going to be cutting the check, then uh, you want to be cutting the check to a guy that is going to show up and be available on game day. So I agree. That being that being said, now now the one thing I wanted to mention was the. Uh, 
the Kyrie playing half the games, not playing half the games, that situation, there's kind of two ways to look at that. Um, on one hand, uh, if he does play half the games, uh, that could screw with chemistry, team chemistry, and, you know, it, it, having him be there half the time, There's, I don't think I have to describe how many issues that could cause. That being said, um, the Nets' point guard depth is so mediocre, and that's being a little generous, I do think, uh, I think so, yeah. that... Honestly, I mean, half half the time, half Kyrie with half chemistry is still better than a lot of their point guard depth. Now, I mean, they could put, they could run Harden at the point guard. He's one of the most underrated passers in basketball. So that if they wanted to get it in Houston for several years, yeah, yeah. I mean, so they're not strapped for point to, to you know they're not in a tough place where they need to put Kyrie at point guard but i think allowing him to play half the games and all the locker room issues that could cause it's not really worth it but also and this is half this is a half joke but also it's pretty true um Kyrie only playing half of, half the games is about the only way he'll be healthy by the, when by the time the playoffs come around i mean this dude he's got to take games to meditate he he gets injured constantly his angel injuries yeah i mean it's kind of like a blessing in disguise think about it his his shoulder his ankle his knees like just all kinds of stuff with this guy and uh yeah so if you know but honestly i if what do you what do you think the nets need to do here do you, i mean because you can't let's be realistic here you can't just at least if you're smart you can't just have him sit there and, and just sit the year out and hope that they lift those mandates in New York City. Well, I, I do have an answer to your question. I know, I, I think Katie, I, I know Harden, but I think it was Katie and a few other members of the Nets were going to meet with the mayor uh, in Brooklyn. Um, and, you know, whoever else in that state, the governor, I think, um, to, you know, request or try to, you know, apply um, or try to, like, wait, uh, just get that willing that he, you know, can't play home games, did it reverse. Um, so I think they're working on that. I was also very um, interested to hear that James Harden hasn't really been in contact with Kyrie about the whole vaccine, vaccine situation. That seems very, pretty on brand for Harden, honestly. That, that, um, I'm happy about that because mm-hmm. essentially he's saying that I'm not going to play, I'm not going to, you know, be a puppet for you. I'm not going to, you know, play, you know, counselor, you know, between Kyrie and, and the Nets. You know, that's 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 a Nets and that's Kyrie's, you know, deal. That's not mine. You know Yeah, well and that also, I mean, that's just that's just uh seems pretty on brand for him. I mean, he's just like, you know what, I'm I'm here to do my job and ball. Uh I'm gonna I'm here to put up thirty points, fifteen assists and like five boards or whatever. No matter what shape crazy. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Looking like an uncle that sticks his fork in your plate at a barbecue or being jacked either way he's gonna give you that so um yeah he's i mean he's there to do his thing he doesn't he's not a very uh not at all an outgoing person it seems like so he i don't think he's gonna put it on himself to go and get in Kyrie and the nets business he's just gonna show up for work and do what he can to win and yeah i don't think he's really try to intervene any conflicts in uh team conflicts in the past so i mean yeah i think it's pretty on brand uh 
the uh, man. I bet the Nets are missing Spencer Dinwiddie right about now, huh? Yeah, I mean he's over in Washington now. That's yeah, that's what I thought it was. Didn't he, dude? Didn't he do a thing like, hey, fans, pick my next team? Like, and he did like a poll, and people voted for where he signed. Uh, I mean, maybe. I I, I thought I could have sworn. Oh yeah. I could have sworn I saw something about that. And, if he uh, did, that that'd be amazing. Be hilarious, although pretty stupid for his career i mean he must be content with just showing up and playing ball he doesn't seem to care about winning because if i were him like i'd go to i mean if he wants to win obviously he could just you know join the lakers or the freaking uh uh what was the team the bucks you know yeah something like that oh or dude imagine if he went to miami I'm, I'm imagining been, it's, I mean, it's okay. I mean, I don't think Miami's a contender at this time. I think they could have been. If, if Well, so if Tyler Hero, and I think that's, I think this gives us a good chance to transition on to our, our Miami topic here. Uh, if Tyler Hero it, can, can keep up this level of, of ball that he's, that he's uh, been putting out on in preseason, Miami could be something. I mean, Jimmy Butler is a good leader down the stretch and, uh, games and in the playoffs bam is a solid player they've got i think they lost some depth with kendrick nunn um he went to la yeah yeah he's one of the the thousand players that kind of did a free reigned over and with the lakers right yep and um they they re-signed duncan robinson right yeah yeah they read him up and they have kyle lowry what's uh he'll be good i think him and jimmy butler will be a really nice pair they they yeah. both gonna have that dog fight in them. I think Kyle Lowry's a little bit on that more quieter side, and then you know Jimmy's a little bit more emotional. But I think I think they'll mesh well. I think Kyle Lowry's kind of like uh, kind of the same attitude that I have when we're out on the court together. I think he's kind of quiet and he's out there to just be a silent assassin. But then if you you know if he needs to uh, if he needs to speak his mind or speak up or get in one of his teammates' asses, he's not afraid to do that either. So. Uh... Yeah, he's just a, he's just a a roly poly little little dinosaur. I see his face and I think of like a <laughs> like some kind of some kind of dinosaur. It was, it was a Disney it was a Disney movie called Dinosaurs. I think he looks oh, exactly yeah. like that the main character. <laughs> yeah, I mean I haven't seen the movie, but I kind of see what you're getting Andor. at. There. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the lead dinosaur's name. Is it Andor? <laughs> but he looks exactly like him. I can't. I, I mean, and he was a raptor, so I mean. Yeah, that well, that's perfect. Yeah, but uh, what I'm not, you know what? Admittedly, I don't remember uh, the rest of their depth. What 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 other uh, what other options does Miami have off the depth bench besides Duncan Robinson? I honestly don't know. Me neither. Um, well, you know what? Hold on. Let me. This is a chaos podcast. Let me let me look up their roster real quick. You listeners at home get to. Uh, Get to hear my my typing, my horrible poke typing. It's uh. All right, well, else. I I pulled up here. They did they did pick up Deadman. I like that pickup. He, he played Deadman, for yeah. He played a, he played for Atlanta. I was oh, big. bro, bro! I forgot about this. They got the goat. You got Udonis Haslam. They're mm. set. He's They're played all like, set. He's played like three minutes for the season in each of like the last like four seasons. Yeah, I mean he's he's out there. He's coaching. Um, he's. I think he's redefining what um what a player coach is for NBA. Really? He's he's taking what what uh like player managers do, what back in the day was baseball, and now what they do in like in like soccer. 
and they're oh, trying yeah. to kind of you know take that concept and apply it to basketball. Hey, that's right. Uh, I forgot about this one. PJ Tucker uh, is going to be their starting power forward. I couldn't remember who it was going to be, um, but he's going to be out there playing defense, and then Lowry, yeah, Hero, Butler, and Bam are going to do the scoring. I'm looking at this roster, man. This is not a contender. I don't, dude. Well, let me let that... me read it. let me read it for you. You probably have your starting lineup is probably Autobio. Jimmy, uh, Jay Butts. Well, go one through Jimmy five. Go one, go one through five. Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, PJ Tucker, Bam. And, Does that yeah, sound Bam. right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and then you have then, you know, Oladipo off the bench, Marky Duncan Morris. Robinson, uh, Morris, and I, dude, a, I mean that's a decent. And uh, there's another guy on here. I thought I saw. That's like the sixth, seventh seed, in my opinion. Maybe fifth. Because remember, no, you, you Indiana and the Bulls too. On top of you know the Sixers, right, right, Milwaukee. I don't. Uh, Atlanta. Do do we think do we think Indiana is going to be that good this year? I mean, I think they're going to be pretty solid. I really like Karis Levert, um, and uh, Sabonis. Sabonis is it, it keeps on getting better every year, man. He's one yeah. of the most underrated players in the league. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I don't. So so this Miami team, I think I'm not. I wasn't. I'm not necessarily going contender here, but I. I mean, they could absolutely be one of those sleeper teams that's that claws their way to the East Finals. Uh, just just with grit, you know. I mean, I'm expecting a big year out of Kyle Lowry. I really am. And 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 uh and Tyler Hero as well. I expect. I I think Kyle Lowry is like 32, 33. He's he's getting up there. Thirty five. Okay, yeah, thirty five. But his play style, I mean, age isn't really shouldn't really mess with his play style too much. I mean, he just he just plays smart ball and he knocks down threes when you need him to. And uh, wouldn't think, but you know, those those smaller guards, they always, I mean, besides the Chris Paul, they they always yeah. typically age pretty badly. Well, man, what didn't? Yeah, Brooklyn, man, yeah, Brooklyn. Let me let me just that for you. You had the Celtics. Nets, Nets, Sixers, Bulls. I think the Celtics Pacers. are going to achieve quite a bit this year. Sixers, yeah, I think so. Unless, no, unless no. Oh, yeah, definitely the Celtics. No, the, I'm, I'm saying the Celtics, I don't think, are going to be what they're supposed to be. I don't know. I think they'll be better than how they finished last year because they'll have Jalen Brown back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, he was hurt a lot of last year, wasn't yeah. he? I, that would have been a fun matchup in, in round one, um, Celtics and, and, and uh, Nets. You know, Jalen Bond was down. Yeah. Um. And yeah, have you seen those videos of him in the off season knocking down shots off the dribble and stuff? Like it's nothing. Like his biggest weakness before, he's just knocking them down like it was nothing. Well, his offensive game was was a bit his weakness before. And now he's. And now it's like one of his a, biggest strengths. Yeah, he's in. The, he's. He's transformed his game completely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So I. All right. Well, I mean, we could. All right. Well, you know what? You know what? Stay tuned, folks. You're gonna get our way too early uh, playoff bracket. Uh, we'll get that. Ne- we'll get that out next week or something like that. So you, you, you guys, just stay tuned for that. We're sticking to the. We're gonna stick to these teams today. Yeah, sounds good. Um, I mean, I, I. Do you have any more comments about Miami or? No, I mean, you know, Eric Spolstra always makes them play hard, um, play solid, play smart. Um, so, you know, the, they won't, you know, miss the playoffs or anything like that, you know, 
but it, it depends on how Tyler Lowry does, and it depends if if uh, Hero can bounce back because since the bubble, you know, he hasn't been nearly the same player that he was. And and uh, you know what? Credit to uh, side note, credit to Coach Spo for uh, keeping his job as long as he has. I mean, that's that's tough in the NBA to head coaches. Uh, you know, his Miami has had their ups and downs, and usually GMs freak out and fire the coach after a bad season or two, but by the Cavs did with Tyloo. Yeah, well, yeah. Or how about John Beeline? I mean, they ran him out of town for like half a season for no good reason. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. Hats off to to Spolstra. Um, I think he proved, you know, post bid three era that he he can, you know, he's a real coach. Um, and he's a damn good one. Um, yeah. Because he he yeah. he continued to make you know decent teams look or uh, fight hard every each and every you know night. Well, and, and and Pat Riley has done a damn good job of putting players on his t- on uh, Spostra's teams that uh, are willing to work with their coach, like not not hotheads that uh, the minute something goes wrong, they're blaming the coach and they won't listen to him. I mean, you got got a lot of guys out there that are willing to to work within a system. Or he's taken you know you know what perceived hotheads like Jimmy Butler and made him fit into the system, you know, and, and mm-hmm. lead the way. Which you know is yeah. really you know good to see, and you know that's that's hats off to you know the stability of that organization. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then I think uh, the next the next team we want to touch here on is uh, I think is Golden State, but that's the last team we want to talk on, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that'll we'll we'll wrap we'll wrap up with that. But um, what's uh just real quick since it's in the news right now, what do you think of the Ben Simmons uh situation? I think I think I agree with Kobe. Uh, when he said Ben uh with Ben Simmons, he he can be as good as he wants to be, um as and as however much work he puts in. And I think you've seen that Ben Simmons doesn't care about putting work in. Because there are players that you know have have been, had awful jump shots, and have came out and been more uh, turned their jump shots into more, you know, better than average, you know, better than respectable. Um, I think Lonzo Ball is you know, good example of that yeah for sure. He's a good example of that for sure. Yeah. Um. Now here's the thing with Ben Simmons. Uh, I have not. I haven't paid a lot of attention to what he does in the off season. Um, I, I've heard people saying he refuses to work on it on his jump shot. I, I don't know if that's the case. I mean, I've seen, I've definitely seen videos of him working on his jumper. I mean that. I mean, who knows? You can that do can that. Be, you can do that one session. Be, uh, yeah. Smoke screen, like he goes in. Yeah, it looks like you know he might have went in one session and put up a put up a hundred shots, two hundred shots, and then said, "Wow, look at this! I'm working hard." But I, I think a lot of, I mean, as you know, shooting is so mental, and I think that's a big issue that Ben Simmons is having is he's just got this horrible, he's got the yips, yeah, you know, sure. uh, like like a like a second baseman that can't throw it to first. He's he's freaking out. Uh, but every time he raises for his jump shot, I think it's very present in his mind that he's like, I just, oh, you know, I don't, I, I've never been a shooter. I, I, I don't think I practiced enough. I don't know if I could make this, and then you know. Well, I think I think his stagnation, uh, um, with so. his you know his willingness to work on his jump shot and you know just to try to shoot, has really been evident because. And his, and his form is tough, man. It's not. Uh, it's really bad. But have you seen 
the footage of him shooting right-handed, it looks completely natural. Really? Yeah, so I don't know if you know the story at all, but he was actually born right-handed, and he does everything with the right hand except for shoot, basically, and play basketball. And the idea behind that, he, he uh, his dad wanted him to, you know, become ambidextrous, you know, be able to use both hands, sure, sure, um, identically. Um, yeah, my my grandfather. The problem did with that, that is, I totally get it. Yeah. The problem with that is his right hand is so so much more naturally that even just not what not shooting with the right hand his entire life. You know, you've seen uh, just a few shots just messing around. You know, we do that. You know, basketball players just mess around with their opposite hand, shooting sure. and all that stuff occasionally. You've seen footage of him just shooting free throws, pure, pure as day, man. No hitches, no nothing. Um, and even, but even with his, you know, his confidence with, you know, his normal jump shot, his left handed shots, you saw, you know, when he was coming into the league in like the summer league, yeah, as a rookie or as like a second year guy, he was pulling the shots like, he just doesn't pull the shots anymore. Like yeah. he doesn't even look for him. Like I mean, seeing him in year one and year two. Basket, so. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's afraid to to participate on offense besides you know facilitating. Well, so and that's probably the the most scary part about it. So that's tough. I didn't. So I had no idea about that. Uh, his his right handedness. I didn't. I had no idea about that. He. So that's a weird that's a weird spot to be in because he's about what twenty four twenty five, yeah he's like twenty four man he he came into the lead like eighteen right he's been in yeah um so that's a okay so see that presents another issue there though um is it too late to start trying to change I mean to be because if we want his the goal the goal is for his jump shot to become a legitimate uh a legitimate enough threat to the other team that they have to respect it and open up his drive right. Yeah, I think I think the goal is you know to reach what Lonzo Ball has reached. Oh, know? he'll never. I mean, I don't. I I cannot ever see Ben Simmons getting to be a forty percent free throw shooter, uh, or three point shooter rather. Um, but I'm saying that's your goal. You know, that's that's what you're you're aiming for. If, I mean, but, yeah, but he he's got to be able to knock it down if they leave him wide open. That's the main thing. But at he's got to be able to shoot it if they it, leave him wide open. That's that's the that's the the baseline you need to have. Yeah, but well, but you got to make them to, before because I mean they'll be they'll be glad to let you shoot them if you're not making them. But is it a little too late now in his career to try to to never try to late, switch man. over to his right? But Brook Lopez never shot. He shot like three threes his entire career for his first like eight, seven or eight years. Sure, no, sure, and I and, and all I get of a sudden that, now you shoot thirty five percent. And I well, and I get that, but we're talking about completely transitioning to shooting with his other hand. I mean that's. Obviously, it's nor it might be more natural for him, but that's like that is countless gym hours and and it, that's all. That's all it comes down to, man. Is how much how much how badly does he want it? Yeah, and man, the situation, I can only the it, way I kind of look at the situation. I can only think of what happened with uh, Martell Fultz. You know, like does he have a weird uncle that just like refuses to you know put you know put him on the right path and is constantly just you know making his um, you in the NBA that much more difficult, or does he really just not care? Is he just a modern NBA player who just wants to get you know money and take his paycheck and and you know punts you know his his you know his ticket? Yeah. Um. The well, so the other thing that could be a good news about if he if he transitions to shooting right handed would be, uh, he could build it up in his head like, 
oh, see, I was doing it wrong the whole time. Every and, and then like he that could give him a little confidence because when he's on his way up for the shot, he could be like, you know, in the back of his mind, be like, I got a way better chance because I'm using my natural hand here rather than thinking about, oh, oh man, I never been able to make these. You know, the whole thing I was saying before with his well, left it, hand. Yeah, it almost kind of like you have the, you hit the reset button because he's starting with a a different hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he should. Yeah, they should. They should definitely look into trying that and. uh try to build it up in his mind that when he shoots right-handed, he, you know, gets a little confidence boost from it being more natural. Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, I think they have to at least try to dim in the building first. But more likely than not, I think if that scenario happens, it'll be with Ben Simmons wearing a different jersey. Uh, I Well, have you been seeing all these articles lately that he's, like, as good as... Uh, he's as good as coming back? Like, they, they're saying he's essentially it's going to happen that he's going to come back and play for Philly. Well, yeah, I think it'll happen, but I don't think he'll stay there. It'll, it'll say, eventually be a, a trade. I was, Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's going to go out there and be playing for them, and I think he's going to get booed by his own fans a lot. Oh, absolutely. And, Philly fans uh, are, are very, yeah, they're brutal, but they're, they're very passionate, Um, and you don't give a shit about your team, they don't let you know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not shitting on that. Definitely not shitting on the Philly fans. I just mean they're not, they're not messing around. I... We, dude, we got on side. No, no, we got, we got to go to a Sixers game, man. We do, man. That atmosphere has to be insane. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, no, they don't. They don't take any shit. Those, those crazy asses booed Santa Claus. I mean, you know about what? That? Oh yeah, yeah. I think it was halftime of an Eagles game or something around Christmas time. They brought out a guy dressed as Santa at the halftime thing to like spread cheer or whatever, and they booed his ass off the field. <laughs> so yeah, oh yeah, no Philly, uh, Philly doesn't mess around. So I think they're gonna they might boo Simmons right out of Philly. Um, yeah, I mean if, if they boo Santa, then you know no one's off limits. Oh yeah, uh, no, but I I, I I'm okay. That's a great point. I'd bet money on you know the first time Ben Simmons steps on the court this year oh. that he get food. Oh no, that's that's like that's happening. The given, yeah, yeah, that must be like freaking whatever minus you know two thousand at this point. Yeah, on, yeah. on the play line. Absolutely, and um, so when they do inevitably trade him, I'm sure they're because I'm sure they will. Where I mean, where the hell is he gonna go and fit? I mean, I can't. There's all this talk about him going to Portland, but that doesn't make any sense because Damian Lillard is so damn ball dominant, and so is Simmons. I don't see Simmons playing an off-ball role when he needs to facilitate, and you can't take the ball out of Dame's hands because his whole offensive game is just controlling the ball up top and having guys set picks for him and stuff till he can get one of those crazy looks from fucking you know thirty feet out. Right. I mean, and, and drain it. I I mean, one I have a few things here. One, I think it's just going to be a hypothetical. That's all it's ever known yet. I think Portland has, you know, shown that Philly's asking price is way higher than they value Ben Simmons. Now, what you're just describing sure. to me sounds like you'd fit really well with Denver. You got you got a bunch of passes on that. Ben, right, but Ben Simmons needs to be the main like the main ball dominant passer, and you can't have him taking the ball out of Jamal Murray's hands. Well, you know, you know, you're because Jamal Murray gets a lot of his looks the same way Lillard does. I I think you can find balance there. What about Utah? Because Donovan Mitchell is not that is not, he's he's a two guard and he's comfortable being off ball, and you could 
But I think I think he's best with the ball. Donovan Mitchell. I really I would think he yeah he is. Well, and they can trade off possessions, right? But the fact that he doesn't have to have it in his hands yeah, at all that, times. That's probably like a better fit than um, Yeah. And they could also give a hell of a uh, playoff ready package. Which is the biggest issue with a lot of these hypotheticals. Um, you know, they could give. With, points. Exactly. Yeah. And, and and let's be real here. Simmons to a to a non contender is ridiculous. Like they said, Minnesota and the Cavs are the only ones in on Philly, or I mean, in, in on Ben Simmons. And what the hell is he going to do there? He like he, him and Cat are not going to drag the the uh, the T Wolves to the finals or anything like that. He's certainly not doing that in Cleveland, even though it'd be, I mean, you know, as a course, as a Cavs fan, I'd like to see it, but it's not, doesn't make any sense. He would be an upgrade, uh, but it all depends on if Ben Simmons has any any say whatsoever in the trading process, which I don't think he will have. I don't don't know if, I'm not sure if he has a trade clause or not. Right. I doubt it. However, I bet it all depends on that. So I think Philly should very much say, you know, screw you, Ben Simmons. We were trying to play nice, but now you're acting like a jackass. So we're gonna send, we're gonna send you to Sacramento. <laughs> you know, you don't you live out the next five years of career just yeah. dying over there, <laughs> and then just get and just get back. Yeah, or Detroit or pit, or you know, the most helpful veteran slash you know, um, ready uh, young talent they can to help them. You know, continue to be in win now mode. Oh, and real quick, I you know I just mentioned Detroit. I forgot Detroit has been one of those teams where Not you send anymore. the guy to punish him. But now, no, Detroit's Detroit's I don't, looking I don't up remember now. the, the GM's name, but he um, has been putting in some work the last two years. Nice to see, man. Nice to see. Um, just real quick, because because it, it got my mind revved up thinking about it. What would you? What would that trade package from Utah be to Philly? I mean, I think like Mike Conley and. Uh, Maybe either Joe Ingles if or you're Utah, If you're Utah, then, you're, you're absolutely trading Ingles over Bogdanovich every day of the week. Bogdanovich has been yeah, Bogdanovich was day, bought yeah, over yeah, there because Ingles can't do what Ingles was there to do. So Bogdanovich is there to take his job, essentially, right. and just do it better. So if you, okay, so a lot of these trades, like you'll see Screaming A. Smith uh, trying to just will a trade into existence by screaming. He'll be like, Listen, I don't understand why you can't just send Ben Simmons to Portland for CJ McCollum. That he needs to go to Portland, and it's like, okay, we get what you get. We get that you want him there, Stephen A. But what the hell is Portland going to give up? And and that's a terrible fit. Now, in this scenario that we've concocted, this this makes sense. There's guys on Utah that can win now in Philly, and there's and obviously I think Ben Simmons fits in Utah. Would you? We got the thing is. Uh, well, all, a lot of these I mean, guys good that propose trades, teams, which is which is again one that hardest parts to do. And that's what, yeah, that's what I was that's what I was gonna say. A lot of these guys that propose these trades and try to will them into existence are just they're they're looking at it from one side from one GM's perspective. One but if side. you're Philly, yeah. you got to you got to be fair and look at what Philly is getting back at this. So if you're Philly, would you would you give up Ben Simmons for? You know, Mike Conley, Joe Ingles, and picks, or are you going to ask, you know, wh- or what do you need to get another, like a role bench guy? Like, do you need Jordan Clarkson? Do you need I think you have uh, to still Monte Morris? There. Or Monte Morris. I'm sorry. Monte Morris is not in, uh, Denver. Right? Clarkson is that deal. They just, they just re signed him. 
I think you'd have to do. I think you'd have to do Conley, um, Ingles. Who's Utah's equivalent of Monte Morris? I you keep, know what? Because I, I always mix them up. If I'm um, if I'm Philly, I want I want the first two guys we mentioned, Ingles and Conley, and then I'd say throw mm-hmm. in throw in um, Royce O'Neal, and it would give you a couple that's, of pitch back. Okay, that's what if I was I'm thinking. Philly, Royce O'Neal deal, is then I have Royce O'Neal. Guardian uh, Punamu defenders, as well as uh, Matisse Thibel. And that's a really and isn't And Conley's an underrated defender on the perimeter, right? Yeah, and he, yeah, he's really solid. He's had, he's had several uh, all defensive um, team awards. Yeah. So you're, yeah. Yeah, covering, and, you're recovering a lot of that defensive uh, powerness that you get from Simmons. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's, I mean, that, I, that's, I think that's got to be the move for, for, for both teams. That's, and I think you. I mean, I think it's a really good scenario um, that we just concocted. And I think um, Utah just they they they, they grabbed a couple of young guards. Yeah, Jared Butler in the second round. That guy is an absolute stud. Um, he's kind of doing. He's, I think he's a little bit what Hudson is, but not as tall. And then they bought in uh, Eric Pascal as well. They 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 traded. They picked him up from uh, State. Golden wow, State. Wow. Okay, that's nice for Utah. I didn't know that. So I mean. Like you're trying to swap in talent, and then just replacing that, uh, you know, Conley and Angels with more kind of more star power, mm-hmm. you know. If because I think at this point with Ben Simmons, he's at the lowest trade value you can possibly have of a player. Kind of like we the same idea with Lloyd Marjardin and you know, uh, Pozingas the last like year year and a half. Well, he's. I mean, yep. his trade value is weird because Philly is like, dude, we've got this guy under contract, and we think we can work it out with him. So if you want him, you got to give us, you know, a hell of a return here. And other teams, I don't think other teams are unwilling to do that. It's just they want to be damn sure he fits their system. But I think, yeah, I think Utah, dude, just Ben Simmons, just driving dishing to Donovan Mitchell and Bogdanovich or Joker, like they have, they literally could run a lineup where he's the only non-shooter out there. I mean, you could. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They have all Can you the imagine players. Ben yeah. Simmons like picking and pops or picking and rolls with Joker, and then if if that gets cut off, they kick it out to you know Ben to, to Donovan, Donovan Mitchell or um. Oh my gosh, Anna. Oh oh damn it! I'm talking about. I'm talking I about said the Nuggets, he fits, aren't I? He fits in Denver, he fits in Denver and he fits in Utah. Right. I, dude, I, those teams are so easy to mix up. Holy shit. Okay, Ben Simmons pick and rolls with uh, with Rudy Gobert is what I meant to say. Yeah, and you just have shooters. You have Bodanovich and, and Mitchell, and, and yeah. Mitchell on, the, on the wins and corners. Who's, who's, who's the power forward for Utah? Is it still Paul Millsap? Or was he... No, he, he uh, he's over in actually Denver right now. Damn it, here we go. See, did it again. I think he was in no, what I think he was in Denver. I think he's somewhere else now. Sheesh. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, what is the who the hell? What is this Utah roster? I apologize yeah, he's with to the, our he's many with the fans uh, that we haven't been doing our research. Paul Millsap is with the Brooklyn Nets now. I knew oh, he was that's with some right, weird team. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. a thing that happened. All right, well, let's look up this Utah roster really quickly and squeeze. So let's just knock this out real quick because I gotta know. Oh, right, okay, Pascal, he's going to definitely... Dude, Utah's Rudy Gay? Good for yeah. them. They also put uh, Hassan, Hassan Whiteside. Whiteside? Dude, Utah is... Yeah, that's good, man. Utah is looking pretty nice, man. Is it... The NBA is looking really talented right now. There's a lot of balanced teams. Mm-hmm. The one problem with that is you have Brooklyn and you have the Lakers just doing the entire balance of the NBA. Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's the... 
if it wasn't for them, there would be like a solid eight teams that that should get a crack at the the championship. Well, as Michael Rappaport said once in an angry rant, that's the friends and family AAUification of the NBA. So <laughs> you just got to deal with that as, as it goes. I want. I mean, me and you both agree with this. That there needs to be more competition, unless you know, buddy, buddy friendships on and off. Yeah, court. that's. I mean, that's why. That's why, in my opinion, at least, even though these guys are more skilled, I think '90s players would eat their lunch because they're just so much more competitive and they're willing to do what it takes to win. Um, that's a. I mean, that's another discussion for another day. But I just think like the the best players in the '90s. I, I'm not even necessarily saying that they would beat them, but they would. I don't. I they would. Uh, they would seriously be in the heads of these guys nowadays if they were to somehow go through a port time portal and play each other. They'd be, they'd be having a tough time. Uh, you yeah to kind of put your what you're saying into a little bit more layman terms. You're just saying the '90s, for what they made up, what they lack in skill, they'd make up for in heart and like passion and love for the game and just competitiveness, you know. And and like, that would kind of even things out. Yeah, absolutely. I can I can agree with that for sure. Yeah. Um, no to end on. Well, all right. That has been After Dark, folks. Uh, we will see you the next night that we release a video. Keep your eyes keep your eyes peeled.